0: Hello and welcome to Fell in Love with the Hound, the podcast for people who love Greyhounds. Hello and welcome to Fell in Love with the Hound. My name is Laura Jane and I'm your host. Thank you for spending some time with me today. I recently put out a question on social media and asked you to share your favourite Greyhound artists and makers. There was a Great response, as greyhounds clearly inspire people to pick up a pen or a paintbrush. (laughs) One name that came up quite a few times was today's guest, illustrator and dog lover, Harriet Lowther. Now, I've been a fan of Harriet's work for a couple of years now, so this seemed like the perfect time to get in touch and ask her if she'd like to come onto the podcast for a chat, and luckily she said yes. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy it. So I'm here today with illustrator Harriet Lowther. Thank you for joining us today, Harriet. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. Now, I had recently put out um, a post on our Facebook page and Instagram page asking for kind of recommendations for Greyhound makers, artists, that kind of thing. And your name popped up a lot, I have to say. Quite a few people had said, you know, you need to check out Harriet. now. I had actually already knew of you because my husband had bought me quite a few of your cards and things for (laughs) birthdays and anniversaries, so I already have some of your artwork adorning my shelves. So, but yeah, I thought it would be worthwhile coming on and and having a chat and sharing your work and your love of dogs with our audience. So to kick off, why don't you tell us a wee bit about your history with dogs um, and how you became a dog lover?
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we always had dogs in my family. We actually had, uh, my first dog was a Welsh Springer Spaniel called Peppa. And she was just adorable and she was a bit of a Velcro dog. And she became diabetic in the end and and blind, but she just sort of coped so well. And she was just the perfect family dog. And then we got, um, she sadly passed away. She lived to a good old age. And we got another Welsh Springer and a crossbreed, a cross between a Vizsla and a Pointer. Um, who were two fantastic fantastic dogs which uh, I was really involved I must have maybe been I don't know 12 so I was really involved in their training and looking after them so so they were sort of my mum's dogs but I was I don't know I just loved hanging out with them and playing with them and teaching them new things Um, and uh, yeah so they were a big big part of our lives Um, and then I've, I've moved away from home and wasn't able have a dog when you're renting and here there and everywhere it's not always something you can fully commit to but have always loved dogs I am that person who's like oh my god can I stroke your dog Oh my god, what is your dog like yeah it's a bit of a, well, a crazy dog lady maybe crazy dog lady a little bit um and then now we have donut a dog dog of our own who's um he's a rescue he came from evesham lutter and greyhound rescue He's just over two and a half years old now, and he was abandoned at three days old. So although oh he's a rescue, he didn't spend he didn't spend a long time, you know, in a horrible situation, which was fortunate. So him and his his eight siblings were abandoned at three days old, um, and we knew that they were going to be big dogs, and um, he was one of few left, and we just went to see him and. Yeah, I decided he was the one. He was yeah. the one for us. <laughs> so we had him, we had him from um, 12 weeks and we kept his his name at the rescue centre was Donut, and we were like, shall we keep it? So we kept his name um, and here he is 40 kilograms later. We know that his mum is a lurcher. He was found, he was abandoned with his mum. Mm-hmm. And we think his dad is an Anatolian shepherd dog just based on how he looks and his kind of how he is as a dog. So he's... He, He's got a bit of greyhound like in his ways. I mean, sleeping and roaching, he's pretty good at that. But he's definitely a, quite quite a good mix. So. I mean, a lot of obviously,
0: um, you know, a lot of people have greyhounds, and that's how they come to to kind of loving that breed. But actually, lurchers that have just the amazing mix of different breeds in there just create such a, an interesting kind of family tree, and and brings all these different personality traits to life.
1: Absolutely, I've never. I mean, you know, I've never met a dog like him. He, We he, we work really hard with this training um, and he just loves to learn. So we, he knows how to close doors and the kitchen cupboards. So you'll just be like, you'll be putting away like the washing up, so the cutlery and you'll just go and use his little nose and close the drawer. Oh, fantastic. Close the door behind it. So it's very, very adorable. He just sort of does it. If he might want a treat, he'll be like, oh, well, I'll close the door for you, everyone. So we, we work hard on <laughs> <laughs> Learning just fun things, and I think it really keeps him engaged. We we're trying to most recently we we're trying to teach him to um, cross his paws, but um, that's proving a little
0: bit harder but yeah well I think the, the closing door things that's definitely not a greyhound trait because we cannot get our dog Dash to open a door you know if it's kind of half <laughs> open and she can put her, her nose through she won't go any further you have to go and open it for her so <laughs> that must be the other breeds that are mixed in there maybe yeah it must be yeah it seems
1: I don't know if it's going well so so obviously yeah, yeah. you've had dogs,
0: it sounds like, all your life and, and yeah, I can identify with the crazy dog lady, So, but it sounds like you've made a, a career out of being a dog lover with your illustrations. Do you want to tell us a wee bit more about how you've found that career path?
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. I um, I mean, it actually happened really organically. It wasn't, I'd never set out um, to draw dogs. It wasn't something I thought I could do. I have a. I do actually have an art background. I studied at the Glasgow School of Art, but I did... Oh, that's just fine for me. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Loved it. I had four, four great years at the art school, um, but it was doing photography. And my degree show um, wasn't even photography related and there was no dogs. And yeah, it was all a bit random. And I left and sort of maybe seven years after leaving... Uh, I was traveling a lot with work. I'm in a band and we've, we've performing all over the seas, all over the seas, all over overseas and everywhere. So we had a lot of time at airports. And I just started kind of drawing on I've got some drawings on the back of boarding passes and stuff and bits of scraps of paper. It wasn't even proper sketchbooks. And then our guitarist at the time he bought me um, just a sketch pad and I think some pencils. And it just sort of took off from there really and I mean sometimes I go way way back in my Instagram and and the very beginning it's I mean it's quite ropey (laughs) but I think if you're doing anything every day and you really love it you're just gonna you're bound to get better um so was that that, I think it was four around four years ago um and now here we are with Made by Harriet which um is now well especially during these pandemic times it's now my sort of full-time full-time work for which I'm so grateful for and yeah people seem to really like it um I you know the community is kind of what's kept me going because you've got people on social media being like yeah this is you they really like this this is good this is you can (laughs) keep going and I that's been really special and to connect with so many people yeah it's been really really special and probably my most favorite thing about it is if somebody buys something or I've done a sketch or a drawing of a, somebody's dog is having a photo with my product with their dog oh fantastic! the most joy that I get is when somebody sends me a photo like that so um you no know, it's been it's a very strange and organic journey which I never if you'd said four years ago like what what are you doing with these drawings mm-hmm. I didn't I wouldn't have known so yeah I think
0: that's that's when it kind of works well when it is organic and it's you've not sat down and said right you know in four years time my goal is to have x amount of Instagram followers and all this kind of thing obviously you do have to have pressure on
1: yourself you know if you if you're like I'm going to set up this and do this and do that there's a pressure to sort of achieve that yeah because it was, for a long time, it was a hobby that I would do when I wasn't working in the band. It was like it was a bit of a guilty pleasure. I was like, oh, oh I've done all my, you know, done all the emails, done all the, because we run the band as well, do all the background work. I was like, oh, I'm going to just sit and draw, draw a dog. <laughs> um, so now I can, I can, it's good that I can, don't have to feel so guilty about yeah. drawing dogs but going back to that just what you
0: mentioned about that kind of community i do obviously follow you on instagram and and there is that just kind of feeling of people are really kind of willing you to do well and they really enjoy your work and they're sharing it and they're you know really quite passionate about it i can
1: imagine that is quite a fulfilling aspect of it as well i mean absolutely it it, to, it totally is and I, I just So I have to sort of pinch myself with people just offering up nice comments and I don't know if people know how much it means for when you just get a nice comment on something and I try and you know try so hard to get back to messages and get back to comments and I don't want people to think it doesn't mean so it means so much that you just feel like you've got these people just like lifting you up and and even if people don't buy anything it's not I mean obviously that's rewarding and that's that's great and I can have a successful business around dogs and especially um, greyhounds but just people being excited about what I'm making is um, really special, and I have that every day. So it's pretty. It's just a nice. Fe- it's just a nice feeling, and I, I'm very grateful for the community. And so plus, awesome. I don't know, greyhound greyhound lovers. There's just they're a special dog, and there's so many people having drawn them for so long now. The community is so big for greyhounds, and I've learned so much very quickly about them because we actually looked at. Um, before we got donut. We were well. I was like, I would I'd like a greyhound. We were looking at adopting a greyhound, and we fostered one for a night. And it turned out he needed to be with other dogs. He was. He'd never been not in kennels, so he was really. He was not happy. But it, it showed me the process, and I went down to see the kennels and how you know what how they're sort of how they live and what they're like and how chill they are and I, you know I learned so much about muzzles because I think probably years ago I was like oh muzzle Oh, that means they're probably dangerous you know it's there's a misconception yeah. over muzzles and I've even thought about you know making a jacket that kind of explains that muzzles aren't because a dog's necessarily dangerous it's you know it's because of my has got a high prey drive or we're not really sure it's in a new environment so we're just we're just being really careful and actually this is a sign of us being responsible yes so that was a really interesting um Uh, process for me to go through and I made some really good contacts locally within the local greyhound community and met some really lovely greyhounds and I got to go to the track and sort of take a few out for walks and stuff so and it was just really nice and there's so many that need um that need homes and they're they're just they're just such a lovely dog their nature is so it's so gentle so maybe one day i mean i'll have to speak to my partner but
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and i think that's the thing i think with the greyhound
0: community i've certainly found it with the podcast is that they know they kind of recognize one of their own so if you're talking about greyhounds and dogs in general and you are passionate about it they kind of are like oh right okay i i understand and they kind of (laughs) take you you know under their wing and, and as one of one of their own, so I think yeah. anytime anybody does, any kind of creative endeavours with around greyhounds, they are very quickly kind of adopted into the community and, and and bolstered by that that kind of passion that other people have as well. Obviously, so much of your illustrations and arts are of greyhounds and pointy noses. Are greyhounds easy to draw?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't, I mean, are they easy to draw? I think illustration-wise, they're really fun because you could elongate their limbs and it still actually looks quite right. Because Yeah. (laughs) um, Um, But I think sometimes if I'm doing a more serious commission, they can be quite hard, especially black dogs. I mean, it's taken me a long time to feel comfortable enough to paint black dogs. And I had the same with white dogs because you're like, oh, what should I do? But actually over the years... I've really enjoyed the challenge because there's so many colors in both black and white dogs that you don't really see so I've enjoyed, that's those have been a challenge to capture uh, more realistic realistic commissions um but doing illustrations yeah they're just they are just super fun because like especially when if I'm illustrating on ceramics and I'm using a tool that isn't a pen so it can have a life of its own it just kind of does whatever it wants but actually I'm like oh that nose is a bit long but no it sort of it does sort of work um, <laughs> and even recently because I've been I've been drawing a couple of bears and somebody was like that nose looks like a greyhound nose on the bear and I was like yeah that's fair <laughs> that's it carries across I don't yeah I think I wouldn't say they're easy to draw I think I feel like every day it's sort of it always feels like a challenge, and I'm always a bit shocked if I've done something that I'm, I've that I've enjoyed producing. So um, they're a pleasure to draw because of their quirkiness and how their faces are just so they're so different. Um, they're a real real pleasure to, a pleasure to draw, and I think I've just got used to it. The more I've maybe the more I've done, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean I've tried to draw
0: greyhounds, and it's. Uh, I have no drawing skills whatsoever. (laughs) It basically just ends up looking like a traffic cone with the nose on the end. (laughs)
1: Well, Well, honestly, I I do often look back to see where I've come from with drawing. And the beginning, there were some wild cards. I was like, whoa, that's okay. And there were some that weren't great, which is okay. And it's just been a process and a journey. And there's been some people that have followed the journey with me from the beginning, and that's been really special. And I just think, yeah, that's part of the fun is the process, yeah. getting better at it. Absolutely. I so,
0: obviously. I know as I say I've had cards uh, which have got your artwork on it I think as soon as anybody knows that you're a greyhound person you get gifts and cards with greyhounds on them which I am not complaining about 100% Um, so I've had cards and I've had lovely pin badges and things like that but going onto your website I see that you do as you mentioned ceramics and things like that so is that kind of is that just an extension of what you're doing, or is it, you know, is it a different part of the journey? Like, how do you, how are you find in doing that ceramics rather than than the illustration on its own?
1: I think, I find it quite it's quite a hard process. So it's not I get I get kind of I get a bit stagnant with one medium. And I've so I've got paints, so I've got pens, so I've got pencils, so I've got, and I'll try and use everything because I can find I, I just need almost like a refresh. Um, and I did a, uh, a ceramics course last it was maybe a year ago and um, we just made some little bowls and I just started putting dogs on them and just some bits there was no real um, kind of direction for it it was just I fancy trying something new working with my hands and so it's just kind of taken off from there I really love doing the ceramics so I, I will hand build little um, characters or, little, or small little dogs that I know that people are like, are you going to sell these? Because I've made these little figures of dogs. And I, because they're one of a kind and because I've handmade them and there's been a real long process, I can't quite bear to let them go. Um, I sold one to, and it went to America. And for some reason, during the shipping process, it got destroyed. That's all I heard. So I'm a bit hesitant to like, I know, it's really strange. Just, yeah, I've got a note saying it's been destroyed. I was like, Okay. Thank you. Um, so, I do really enjoy uh, doing ceramics but because it's all hand, so either I'll illustrate onto blanks, like the plant parts, or I'll hand build figurines, but because it's all one of a kind and it has to be done by my hand, mm-hmm. the process is quite time consuming yes. and you kind of want to keep it cost effective, but at the same time, it's, it's, ha- it's hard choosing between what you're enjoying and actually what makes a good business sense but yeah. I also don't want to get stuff mass made because actually the fact that they're all different is really nice. So for now I'm going to keep doing the ceramics as long as I can, but I think there'll come a time where I'll feel a bit, if I'm making especially the same design, I might need a break from it because you can come quite stagnated in, in doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Or maybe if I just, changing know what I'm doing and what, what I'm making. Um, yeah. It's working for now for me. I'm looking over there because that's where yeah. it all is. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know we'll see what happens in the future I think that's the problem with ceramics having I now know what goes into the process and at any stage in that process it can go wrong mm-hmm. so it's it, you know it can go in the kiln two or three times and it can it could end up sticking to the kiln on the third one for its final glaze and you've put you've poured hours into it so it's, it's a real yeah it's a labor of love I a think. labor of love yeah I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> so with that then Obviously, with you having donuts,
0: do you find that you get inspiration? Because I'd imagine, obviously, you're having to come up with different ideas for your illustrations and your artwork, different poses, different um, situations. Does he give you inspiration, you know, if you're out on a walk and he does something daft and you think, oh, that would make a really fun card or something like that? Do you
1: find you get inspiration from him? He he does, actually. He is so quirky in his ways. And although today earlier today i did a the little picture of um, a greyhound in a in a paddling pool with some water wings on and he did the same when we had a paddling pool a few years ago and he did the same when he he's, we've got a pond and he hopped into our pond and just sort of so it'll be things like that from just being around him and how he does and how he sleeps and just his ways which do provide really good source of inspiration but also i follow um, a lot of greyhounds um, on Instagram and part of some groups on Facebook and on Twitter, and people tag me and stuff, which is just great fun. And so, just having that inspiration and the funny faces that they've pulled up, yeah, I'll, I'll try and capture that. But it's funny, I could just see an image, like, and I can get excited about trying to paint it or trying to convey it or trying to do something with it. And it it's, it's, yeah, it's having that excitement is, yes, I sort of wish I could bottle it because. <laughs> Just a great feeling. I do find
0: that people like yourselves and we've had um, Richard Skipworth we've had him on as a guest yeah, really. the, the illustrator we've had him on as well you're kind of ambassadors for greyhounds, really when you think about it because you're putting that image out into the world so the fact that it's done with a lot of positivity and love and care is actually a really good thing for helping kind of raise the profile of the breed I think
1: I I I really hope so, and it's actually only really through doing this process that I've learned so much um, about greyhounds and about the Galgo in Spain, and I, I never knew, and the horrors. Like it's like it's it's so heartbreaking. Like you kind of wish that you could do more, and if you know maybe making a little enamel pin that somebody wears and somebody talks about, it and it just strikes up a conversation yeah. about greyhounds or dogs or rescue dogs or anything you know like that. Uh, that can only really, really be a good thing, um, because they're, they're they are such a special dog. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, when we go out driving, or we go past, and there's a greyhound, I'm like, oh, it's a greyhound! Oh, it's a greyhound! Or you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't really do it with any other dogs, even though I mean, donuts only park greyhound, but I don't really do it with any. I, lo- I love all dogs, but yeah, especially greyhounds. I'm like, oh, it's a greyhound! Oh, it's a greyhound! Yeah, I get very excited anytime I see a greyhound. I don't know whether it's just the the leanness, they're just and they're just so sort of quiet, soft-footed. So, child, I
0: have a greyhound lying on the floor next to me at the moment. She came in, she heard us talking. She came <laughs> in, probably She's probably thinking, well, there's somebody else in there that might give me a cuddle." And then she's come in and she realised I'm just talking to a computer screen. So she's. Talking uh, right. So she just. How like, old is she? She just turned six. So she's a wee kind of middle-aged lady, but um, she was in a couple of foster homes before she came to us, but she's been with us now for two years. Um, and we're she's not going anywhere. She's with us <laughs> for the rest of her life. Yeah. We absolutely adore her. But again, before her, I was 100% a dog person, but never gave greyhounds a thought, really. And then we got one, and literally my life changed. I have a podcast, I get to talk to fantastic people like yourself, (laughs) you know we go on group walks, our social circle has expanded. I just think it's a bit of a way of life really. How did she come onto your radar? Um, She was being adopted out by the Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary, so when we decided that we were looking for a dog, we wanted a dog who was quite chill and was kind of happy to just be around us. Um because um, I work from home anyway before kind of all this happened I work from home so yeah we just phoned them up and said we're looking for a dog and they said we think we've got the one for you so she she kind of adopted us we went out to meet her and she just kind of decided that we were the ones she was coming you know she was coming home with so and it was the best decision we ever made
1: <laughs> I think that like Oh, uh, you know, you often hear this misconception of like, oh, they're got racers; they need to do so much exercise. And and when I was chatting with the the local greyhound lady here, and she brought her she brought her greyhound around to my house, it was the first time I had a dog in my house, and I was just I was I was so excited. Yay. And she was telling me because she'd helped free home a lot of greyhounds locally. She's telling me about how this lady, she was like fully committed, and you know, checked out the house, and she successfully adopted this greyhound, and she was like, "I'm gonna make sure he's alright, so I'm gonna, you know, come home at lunch because she went out to work. She's like, because he didn't want to be on his own for more than four hours. She's like, I'm gonna check he's okay. So every day she'd come home at lunchtime to let this dog out to play with him, go for a wee, mm. and every single day he was roaching on the sofa and refused to get up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> you're, you're disturbing my peace ladies so um <laughs> i think at the end she phased out the chickens but yeah he just uh, you know they need a, a couple of walks just some love and the love everything
0: else is kind of common sense like of course they need fed of course they need walked but i found that they've just especially dash has just blossomed just by having that one-on-one, or two-on-one, it's my husband and I, attention. Um, obviously, she got it in her foster homes. Her foster homes were fantastic. We're still in touch with, with the, the girls there. But just having that attention, she just really blossomed into just this, such a quirky character. And I think that's what makes a lot of people fall in love with greyhounds. is their kind of quirky, quirkiness that you maybe don't get with other dogs.
1: Yeah, and I find what I loved, and especially when she brought um, the greyhound to meet this, just he wasn't really like in your face, like love me, love me. Just kind of would do little, just very gentle movements that'd be like, oh, don't, don't stop what you're doing. I like, I like you touching me, but it wouldn't be like, eh, keep stroking me or anything. It'd just be very like just a little nudge or a little lean in to be like, oh, that's quite nice. Very sort of gentle demeanour. Um, so no, gosh, yeah. Yeah, I think every home should have one I
0: think um, the NHS should give them out And make everybody <laughs> happy
1: dogs <laughs> Everybody be so much happier one. The one road. thing we, we did look at um, Before, I mean don't happen organically as everything does um, But we were looking at Because of our work schedule with the band We were actually home a lot But then we could be out all day with the band um, but we were looking at fostering greyhounds, which I think, you know, not everybody realizes is an option that if you can't fully commit to being like, I can do this for life, you can, you can, you can help and foster and have, have them and get them used to a home environment if you've got a bit yeah. of time to dedicate and commit. And uh, um, I was sort of um, fully on board to do that. Donut's um, a bit reactive at the minute, otherwise I'd, you know, I'd happily do it again if it, if it sort of meant that we could help them find a home. It's definitely a kind of stage I think a lot of people don't realise they can do, but actually it's a massive
0: help. Um, The Greyhounds organisation is just that step between, you know, coming to them and then settling to a final home. Um, I think we've had a couple of foster um, people again on the podcast talking about being foster fails, of course, is a big thing. People getting them in the. You know, they have never gone anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I think that's a lot, a big thing. I think we're going. I think I'm maybe going to do another episode on that, on just the kind of importance of, of fostering. I think it is. Yeah, quite because
1: I, think, I really think people, maybe people don't know enough about that. You can foster. And it's like, then it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit because you're not feeling that you're having to take this big responsibility. Yes. But actually fostering could be a really big help. So the dog that I, the greyhound that I had here for a night, he he just had to be around other dogs. But what that meant for the lady is that, because he was going to, he was potentially going, they'd found a home for him with no other dogs, but that meant that he didn't go there and he went to a home with other dogs. And it meant that the people who were potentially going to adopt him didn't have a night, you know, where he was upset and they didn't put him off, put them off. It, it kind of, you know, they found the right dog for them. So I think it's about being patient and recognizing that all of them got different needs and some of them will be great at being only dog households. And some of them, because they've grown up in kennels and they, that's all they know, might need to be with other dogs. So, um, although it, you know, it wasn't, the best outcome, but I know and the lady, we all know that that actually really, really helped him find his the right home for him quicker, so... Yeah I think the thought of rehoming a dog and obviously I know what happens but rehoming it and
0: then realising that actually the lifestyle that that person leads or or their their home situation isn't the best. It's amazing, I'd imagine it's heartbreaking for everybody involved to then have to kind of give them up and, and try and find oh, out a new home for yeah, them. So Fostering is that important step in between I think so.
1: Definitely um, and I've heard that Greyhounds can adapt so well from from kennel life to home life, but there is a period of where they do have to adapt because it's new. Um, but you've heard some of them just, you know, walking like they've always been, like that's always yeah. been their home. And um, what brought me the most joy is because when we had this this guy for a night, I got him loads of toys and just to see him running around playing was just, yeah, it just, I don't know, just sort of broke my heart and made me so happy at the same time because yeah. he just has he had so much to give and now I know he's in a great home, so. That's but the fun. thing. I think
0: greyhounds bring a smile to our faces as owners and then when you're out in the street they bring smiles to the faces of people passing by especially if they've got you know a funky jacket on or something and it's <laughs> greyhound fashion they yeah. just bring so many smiles and again with your work what you're doing you know if I if my husband buys me a birthday card with a greyhound on it and it's one of your designs that brings a smile to your face as well so they definitely um, yeah, they definitely bring joy, I think, to a lot of different people. I yeah. feel as if I've, I've taken up loads of your time. So I'm going to ask, where can we find all of your work? Anybody who listens to podcasts, if they want to check out your work, tell us where they can find it and buy loads of Greyhound goodies.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, I've got, uh, well, there's a couple of different places, which is uh, unhelpful, but I've got an Etsy shop, uh, which is made by Harriet.etsy.com. Um, I've got a, a, full, a full range of stuff and we've got tea towels and cards and mugs and bits of everything wrapping paper uh, and then I've just set up made by which is a standalone website which is mostly ceramics um, which uh, normally what happens is I'll do a big update and send out um, an email to everybody and they normally they normally go quite quick because there's only you know a couple of each thing because it's taken me quite a while Mm. and then I'm also selling my cards on thoughtful which allows me to um kind of try out different designs because they they print and do everything externally so it's it's really good for me because I could literally draw something and then it's uploaded five minutes later and available for people um so that's a really good outlet for me to have as well so well, that's the thing. It's keeping you know, it's
0: keeping busy and and having as many outlets as possible for people to access your work. And obviously on
1: Instagram, what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, my, I'm at Harriet underscore Lowther, which is not that catchy. Which probably we, <laughs> <probably laughs> think that, I mean, give you search made by Harriet. Maybe I'll, I'm sure i will crop up on a hashtag or something. Um, oh, I'm sure. But no, I, I anybody who's you know gets in touch with me if anybody's listening I just I do really appreciate it and sometimes people are like oh could you maybe make one of these or try one of these and and I think you know if you don't ask you don't get and if I don't know it's on people's radar somebody said to me oh could I make a spoon rest which might be on the cards but if might not have crossed my mind before so um I do read every single message I get I do get a little bit overwhelmed with because it's so many channels, that stuff comes in at. So sometimes that stuff slips through the net. But I always tell people to give me a prod, give me a, rem- a reminder, and I'll try to do my best to get back to people. But I, I that's been the best part of the journey is meeting people, hearing from people, and seeing pictures, pictures of their dogs with my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So as
0: I say, when I did the recommendation thread, your name popped up a lot. So obviously, you do have a lot of fans within the Greyhound community. So we appreciate what you do. We appreciate your illustrations your beautiful cards and everything so keep being a, an ambassador for Greyhounds we thank you for it and oh gosh no I will uh, yeah I totally will <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me tonight I really appreciated it it's been really Thanks nice you cannot you know we can talk about dogs for hours probably but
1: <laughs> no. no dangerous dangerous topic
0: harriet thank you very much for talking to us today it's been lovely to talk to a fellow dog lover it's been lovely to see donut as well in the background and chatting chatting away so thank you very much for taking your time to talk to us today thank you thanks it was so lovely to speak to harriet we actually spoke for about another half hour after this about dogs her work scotland You know I've yet to interview someone on this podcast that isn't a joy to speak to and I think that's because you already have a shared interest and that's dogs. So thank you again Harriet for your time. It was really, really, really lovely to speak to you. So I would encourage you all to go and follow Harriet so you can see her brilliant work. Her Instagram is at Harriet underscore Lowther and her website is madebyharriet.co.uk and you can also find her on Etsy if you look for Made by Harriet. That's it for this episode. It was so nice to have a guest on today and I hope to have more in the future. I'll be back in the coming weeks with more Greyhound goodness. Please share the podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. I'll speak to you soon and in the meantime, please give your hound a hug from me.